0: Welcome, everybody, to this new episode of the Women in Tech Spotlight. Today, I'll be talking to Dola Akinduro. Dola is the pre-sales manager for EMEA at HubSpot. HubSpot is a leading CRM platform that provides software and support to help businesses grow. Thank you all for joining us on this week's podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Now back to my guest. Welcome, Dola.
1: Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Roque. I'm happy to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dola.
1: I am a mother uh, to a beautiful one and a half year old little girl. Um, And um, that's my primary job. Mm -hmm. Uh, My secondary job is that I I lead a team of fantastic solutions engineers across um, various regions in EMEA at HubSpot. Um, And yeah, uh, really, really happy to be here and having to be having this discussion with you.
0: Yeah, so Donna, where are you based? Um,
1: Good one, I'm based in, uh, I'm based in Hamburg in Germany, but I am actually, I have my roots in Nigeria um that's where I'm born but I'm actually raised uh in Denmark
0: oh okay that's such an interesting backstory so nice to talk to a fellow Nigerian so um tell us a little bit more about that I'm just really nosy um you were born in Nigeria then you grew up in in Denmark what was that like I mean uh, tell me a little bit about your family yeah I
1: yeah so I was I was born in Nigeria I lived there until the age of about six so um I don't think you know it quite significant, but not really the the actual formative years. I would say the actual formative years uh, were spent in Denmark. So um, it's an interesting one because I would probably identify um, 50% Nigerian and 50% Danish, I would say. Um, I think um, I I have the best of both worlds. So Mm -hmm. I I feel quite fortunate in that. But um, it hasn't all been been a walk in the park, of course. It, It is always you're always painfully aware of the differences and, and that you are a difference. And that has probably more than anything shaped um, who I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. I can imagine that. And I would like to dive into that a little more, a little later in our conversation. Um, so now you're in Hamburg and you are a pre-sales manager for all of EMEA for a tech company. Mm-hmm. So tell me what is that job? What do you do there? How did you get there? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Just a slight correction. So I don't run all of EMEA. Um, I run run three of the regions in in EMEA, but that's that's of course (laughs) significant enough in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I manage a team of solutions engineers, and actually my responsibility is to help them be successful at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think putting it in, in, in short, my role is essentially to remove any roadblocks that may be to the collaboration that we have with the sales, uh, with the sales team. Um, and that we very much are an integral part of the sales process and that I'm also able to coach these fantastic individuals to reaching, uh, the uh, reaching and accomplishing their, their goals. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how I got here, Um, I think it was a little bit random, but also a little bit deliberate, a little bit of of both. Um, I started my career at IBM. I was quite fortunate to be able to start my career at a company like IBM, because there was so much variety and so many possibilities. um, And also being given the opportunity to learn from some of the greatest minds in, in tech, if I should say so subjectively. Um, so I was, I was quite lucky in that. I started at, at IBM at a very young age and practically, yeah, basically work, worked my way up. I think at IBM, I was not in the same role for longer than two years. So okay. hopping from role to role and, and just understanding what tech is like from the inside as well as from the outside. And that was uh, really, really exciting. Um, I'm relatively new to HubSpot. I joined uh, back in May. Mm-hmm. And, and go with this this team and have been here since,
0: yeah. Yeah. Just a quick question for those who are not really familiar with this space, of course, I'm also in pre-sales, but what is a pre-sales, actually? What is a pre-sales engineer, really?
1: That's a that's a fantastic question. Um, and it means different things, I think, to, to different people. Um, essentially, we're, we're jacks of all trades, aren't we? Um, I, I really love a quote uh, that I'm going to steal here from the pre-sales collective where they say that pre-sales is the best job that no one has ever heard about, which, which I feel is quite accurate. Um, essentially, our, our key role is to be strategic advisors and technical advisors on the sales floor. So we work really closely with the account executives sales reps, whatever you call them in your organization, um, to help them identify the pain points of the prospects that they're working to sell to, um, and also accurately and properly position the products to make sure that we are addressing those those pain points. I think our our main objective is to make sure that um, both ends of the the deal essentially are Mm -hmm. successful. So we want to make sure that we are addressing the customer pain points and making sure we position the right products and the right solutions to help them be successful in achieving their goals and addressing the pain points that they have. Um, And that can be a number of things, which is why I mean that we're a jack of all trades, Mm -hmm. right? So we work on the strategic level. We work on the technical level, of course, um, product, product focused, but also very like broadly technical because you would want to have to You would wanna be able to understand where the client's journey is going so that you can address that on a a larger scale. And at times that means looking above and beyond what your own internal product can do as well. Uh, So I think that's the major part of what we do. And then we have multiple touch points internally with m- multiple stakeholders, right? So we will be feeding back to product on what we are understanding from the sales floor. Um, we'd be working closely with with customer success and the implementation team to make sure that we also stay true to implementing what we've we've promised, right? So there are, there are a number of uh, a number of touch points. We're really just dead dead center in the sales process.
0: I think this is one of the best description I've heard for a long time on what sales engineers does. And so thank you for that because I I have always enjoyed doing this job and I've been doing it for a long time. But every time I say I am a pre-sale sales engineer or solution engineer, whatever it's called in a company, people look at me with blank eyes, because as you said, it's a, a job no one has ever heard from. Of. And I also feel that it's a job that's really suited for women or for a lot of women. If you have some, some acumen for tech and if you are communicative, like a lot of women are and you have empathy for, you know. Um, other people to, you know, to really understand your customer, I think. Um, And I don't know if you agree, but I think this is a good job for women.
1: I will absolutely 110% agree. And it's funny because we don't get a lot of female applicants. And I think on a global scale, um, the ratio of of pre-sales consultants or solutions engineers it's probably 14% female, so still hugely underrepresented. Mm-hmm. And um, for the life of me, I can't understand why, because I, I totally agree with you. This is a really great job for females. Um, and if I would think about why that is, I think it's because we as women, and I need to be careful what I say here, I don't want to generalize, but I don't think I'd be totally wrong in saying that we as female are good listeners. Yeah. And in order to be successful in this, in this role, you need to be a good listener.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. I think that is one of the main things people underestimate. A lot of people think it's about talking. Of course, this is something we know how to do, obviously, because we have to give presentations and you know, we have to entertain people and, and uh, talk about a vision and a product. But the main thing is you have to listen to people. You have to understand what they want, you know what is it that keeps them awake at night what is it that they're worried about what is it that they want to achieve how is it they want to be seen and these are things that women are really good at because they a lot of us are really good listeners and I know we can generalize and there are men who are also good listeners but this is something that women I think have like a leg up yeah absolutely yeah and and I think it's um Sad that we we still have this low percentage. It's getting better though, because I have a lot of female colleagues. And I must say the times when I was at Riverbed, for example, when I was the only female solution engineer in EMEA are long gone, luckily, but it's still not enough. So we're trying to change that here a little bit by talking about it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And if you would allow me to brag a little bit, um, actually we have achieved the 50% mark at HubSpot. Oh my 50 God. 50% of our team are females and the vast majority of our leadership team mm-hmm. in, in EMEA are females as well. So I am incredibly proud of that. And it just gives to show that it is possible if you apply. apply yeah.
0: To. And this is something I really want to talk to you about because diversity is something that's very close to my heart. And I uh, actually think a lot about strategies of making companies more diverse and more inclusive. and um, one of the things is of course, bringing more women into the company, but it's not just about women, it's all underrepresented groups. And both you and I, we belong to a double um, minority, I would say, being a woman in tech and being black in tech in Europe, in the middle of Europe is like being a unicorn a lot of times, right? Yeah. So tell me, how did you achieve this? Because this is such a uh, unique uh, achievement really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's a a really good one. How did I achieve this? And I I feel a little bit uncomfortable with the question because I don't really feel like I have achieved much, (laughs) to be be honest, Um, but I, at the same time, of course, I am painfully aware that there are not that many of us uh, at this Mm -hmm. level and in these types of roles. So in itself, of course, yes, I guess that is an achievement. And as to how I achieved it, I think I Personally, I'm just the type of person that does not take no for an answer. So I don't let anyone tell me that I don't have a seat or I don't have a say unless they have a really, really good reason for that. So I think that's part of what drives me both personally and professionally, and that has probably not hurt. Um, At the same time, I would also say that I absolutely have not gotten here alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the importance of having advocates and sponsors and allies is greatly under, uh, underestimated and should actually be front and center in any discussion like this. Because when I look back at my career uh, up until now, up until this point, there have been some pretty decisive crossroads and, and decisive moments and milestones in my career where I have gotten a helping hand, a nudge or a push in the right direction, which just absolutely um, made the world of a difference for me and the way that my career has progressed. So I think definitely getting really important and impactful sponsors um, is really important. And and also having, you know, mentors and and having allies um, that help position you and that you can lean on and that you can trust. Yeah. Uh, so that is definitely the other side of it. And I think if that, there should be a third side of it, it is also with yourself to when those opportunities present themselves to not be afraid. So kick imposter syndrome in the butt and, you know, grab those opportunities and rise to the challenge and rise to the occasion. Um, I think that's really, really important as well. And when it comes to that, and then I'll stop talking, is I think what is also really important is the systemic part of things that the organization needs to support for that because there's nothing worse than you know trying your very best to to apply yourself and and put yourself out there if you don't have a support system and you don't have an organization Mm -hmm. that supports that so I think that would be my my last point in there as well I've been super lucky to work Mm -hmm. for an organization where there has been that support
0: yeah and you touched on three really important things here to increase uh, diversity. One is there's always a lot of talk about mentoring women, but I think what we underestimate is how f- few sponsors women usually have. Because nowadays it's easier to actually find someone to mentor you if you really there are organizations like um, all these women net women's network who will bring you in contact with a mentor, and this is great, you know being able to talk to someone who understands what you're going through is always great and getting tips but what you actually need is sponsors and you said that you had a couple of crossroads that were really pivotal to where you are now and I for me it was the same really because there were certain people at certain points of time who just opened doors for me and this is what you need. And I think men tend to underestimate this because there's so many men around and it happens so regularly to them that they don't even see it anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Right. So this is a, sorry.
1: No, I was just saying, I was just agreeing because I was, I was thinking about that. You know, why is that actually? And I think part of it is also probably the, the lack of representation or the, mm-hmm. Um, the overcapacity of representation for for men um, in leadership positions because I think we as human beings are drawn to sponsor and mentor people that look like ourselves. Mm -hmm. So obviously looking at it from that perspective where you have the vast majority of people in leadership and powerful influential positions in tech are men. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they will be mentoring and sponsoring and opening doors for other men, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And this is uh, not it's not necessarily something they do to, you know, keep women out. It's just automatic. It's a bias and we all know how it is. So you've touched on this on the sponsorship that is so important to, to you know, actually achieve something. And that is something I think that organizations can have an eye on you know, to make sure that that sponsorship is more equal. And the other thing you mentioned was um, not to be afraid, you know, uh, that is also, you know, not saying no when an opportunity presents itself, even if you're not 100% sure um, if you can actually do it. So this is also very important. First, um, you know, for your personal growth, I think. And then also because people see that you're willing to take risks and they do see that you have the potential, you know, to, to rise further. So that's also great. And then there's the whole topic of systems in place to help you succeed. And I think that a lot of companies are now um, getting better at this. Um, Obviously, HubSpot is really good at this because I think there is like one, I've heard about one other company who has achieved 50-50. So I think this is such a rare thing. do you want to talk a little bit about what Systems Hubspot has in place to help increase diversity or uh, also retain, you know, diverse talent?
1: Yes, from I, I would be happy to. Um, of course, keeping in mind that it is my my humble opinion. Um, for sure, having, having been in the company for for ten months only, but. That being said, there are certain things that certainly have influenced um, my well-being in the company and which I can speak to. And one thing is that diversity and people in general and culture lay at the very core and the foundation of which the company has been built. Uh, I think that's really important because what I see elsewhere is we build a company on the basis of product and what we want to go out and sell. And then we sort of add on culture and add on people and start thinking about, okay, now we have this, how do we want our people to run? And at that point, I would I would actually dare to say that it's almost too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that make HubSpot so impactful is, and here I'll be quoting one of the co-founders, said you know HubSpot basically has two products one for our customers and one for our people Mm -hmm. equally important right so that people product and making sure that you build solid a solid foundation of of culture um, is is super important Um, HubSpot's culture code is an amazing piece of art so if I could give you one recommendation when you have some time to just flip through it it is it is super impressive and really remarkable Mm -hmm. actually Um, And and that brings me actually to my second point, which is the culture part of things. I think the fact that culture at HubSpot has been given such a front and center position in all of the strategy and everything that we do, um, and it is an integral part of our DNA, makes a really big difference. I can speak to um, a situation where I I was being onboarded and as part of the onboarding program, one of my favorite things that we were taught is anti-racism at HubSpot. And they made a point of pointing out that HubSpot at HubSpot is not okay, or it's not enough just to be not racist. Mm-hmm. You have to be anti-racist. Mm-hmm. So we're really big on allyship. We're really big on creating an environment where people can bring their authentic selves to work and they can come to work and feel free, like they're in an open space to share. And you're met with a genuine, um, a genuine um the people genuinely genuinely want to understand, you know, they Mm -hmm. they genuinely want to hear your story and they really want to understand so that they can improve and so that they can be better. And, you know, one of the mottos from one of the other co-founders of HubSpot is building an organization that our grandchildren will be proud of. And this is Mm -hmm. one of the things that drew me to the organization at large, because that is exactly it, right? It's, it's, it's not, only about getting out there and building a a multi-million dollar or multi-billion dollar company Mm -hmm. to make money and get your, your brand out there. It's also about establishing something that generations to come can look back on and be proud, you know, and, and also be proud of the people who have had uh yeah had an, a, an impact and, and have actually helped build something yeah. so I think that is that is probably I think what Hubspot does really really well is that it they put these conversations out there and they're not afraid to put a forum or a platform for people to discuss openly about, about these issues.
0: This is so powerful, you know, uh thinking about, you know, the world first and then money second, the world and people really. And I think that this is the future of business because um I truly believe that having an economy that just thinks about money is not sustainable for a long time anymore. So, and I think there's a lot of people like the founders of this company and who think the same way. And obviously they attract the right people who will then support this cause. And that is also, I think um, an observation here that they have a cause and they have created a safe space and obviously people will be drawn to that because a lot of people are looking for spaces where they can be their authentic selves because it's so terribly stressful to be at work and and uh, you know cover your identity and your who you are you know Yeah,
1: no absolutely and i think hubspot definitely got it right because if you think about traditional tech where it was all about you know having the right credentials and, you know, pushing forward in order to make more and more money. And you look at the, the tech industry that we're, we're living in today and partially also influenced by the pandemic, right? And the great resignation. It mm-hmm. is really candidates market, right? It's, it's, it's everybody can go out there and shop for whatever job that they want. Mm-hmm. And the decision really falls onto the people as to what kind of company do they want to work for? And if you haven't successfully as an organization or as a a company had that integrated into your foundation and into your core values and missions and and your vision for the future, you're going to lose every time, right? The key talent, they want to go to a place where they feel noticed and they feel appreciated and they feel like uh, they can be at home, essentially. Yeah.
0: And, and that's uh, such an important thing to for for employers to understand, really, that it's not just about the perks and the money and, and whatever stuff they're giving you. It's about um, your potential to be your best self, really, you know, at, at work as well. So this is lovely. And I really, really like the whole HubSpot story. I have to look a little deeper in that. So that, that sounds so amazing. Um, coming back to you and your journey, Um so now you are in this company, and congratulations, really, on your position and, and working for such a great and at such a great place. Um, when you think back on your journey, what were the obstacles you you actually would like to talk about that you had to overcome to be what you are today?
1: That's a good one. Um, I think I can't, in all fairness, talk about my journey and obstacles without addressing imposter syndrome because that is one that was with me heavily, and I think greatly influenced by the lack of representation um, so I think in this in this case representation really really matters and it has mattered for me as well the lack of representation has mattered for me because that's what has me taking on a role or entering a room and wondering and questioning myself whether or not I belong there mm-hmm. um, so I think that is probably something that has been really really impactful uh, one of the most impactful parts of of my journey if I should mention one in terms of uh, challenges or or struggles
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I feel that being an only one is really hard and um, in your situation or my situation that is like a double thing because I didn't have any representation in terms of other women usually other women of my color. I didn't have any role model in terms of like tech roles in my family. I don't know how it was with you. Did you have anyone working in tech?
1: I'm actually lucky, yes. Yeah. So my my brother has a PhD in tech and my sister is in tech as well.
0: Okay, that's good. Um, so, cool. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's helpful. So you have your own little tribe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Okay, wonderful. So um, through... The last thing I would like to talk to you about is uh, what would you tell young women trying to get into this field and this job? What you said a couple of things already, but is there something you would like to give them? You know, like uh, as a motto or a recommendation or something?
1: Yeah, I think one that um, took me quite a while to learn, but once I did get it right, has really been impactful in terms of. Kicking imposter syndrome and, and also being able to set my own path and go for it is don't let anyone define who you are. Tell them who you are. And I think that is especially strong for women or people of color who have grown up in Northern Europe where you're just not the same. Um, so you will always be different. And people would always try to put you in a box. At least that's what I felt throughout that. In any situation, professionally or otherwise, when I enter into a room, people instantly try to put me in the box Mm -hmm. and it really throws them when they can't. So they start to make up a story around what they believe I should be. Um, And it took me the longest time to actually get the courage, I think it's self-confidence to stop and say no that's not who I am this is who I am Mm -hmm. and be vocal about that so I think that would be if there is any motto or any advice I would want to give young young uh, and ambitious women is really do so religiously figure out who you are and what you stand for and then tell others who you are Mm -hmm. don't let anyone else define you.
0: This is perfect. So this is a great way to end this uh, conversation with you. So thank you, Dollar. Thank you for giving me your time and coming on the podcast.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.